0: The J Talk Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Hello and welcome to the J Talk Podcast. Ben Maxwell and Johnny Nickel with you. And Johnny, uh, I don't know why, but I've got a, a, an urge to kick off this episode by giving you a high five. How are you this week?
1: <laughs> yeah, high five to you, Ben. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a yeah, kind of uh, maybe a, a welcome rest, a, a welcome change of pace. I watched a couple of J3 games over the weekend and a bit of Japan under 22, under 23. I'm not sure what they're actually called. And then, of course, we saw we saw two of the the Samurai Blue games and and off to a good start. So I'm I'm in pretty good spirits this this Wednesday night. Uh, how about yourself?
0: Good, good. Yes, this recording on Wednesday night, uh, Malaki uh, will uh, take a bit of getting used to, I suppose, throughout the evening. But uh, yes, we're recording later on in the week uh, than uh, usual because, of course, uh, Japan have been in action uh, in a couple of World Cup qualifiers slash Asian Cup 2027 qualifiers. Not really sure why we've started qualifying for the 27 Asian Cup, Johnny, before the 24 one has even been played. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's by the by. But uh, yes, two uh, two very uh, successful games in terms of results and uh, scorelines for Japan. And uh, yes, in keeping with the title of the episode, uh, both games were won by uh, five goals to nil. And uh, ISA Wader was uh, the uh, the star of the show, I suppose, on both occasions, Johnny, with uh, five goals across the two games.
1: Yeah, I think you know we said in the green room you can always demand more, especially in these kind of games when, when Japan are up against kind of outgunned opponents. But I think to to be realistic, if you if you'd offered Hajime Moriyasu or, or any other international coach for that for that matter, two five nil wins in your your first two games, I, I think you'd have bit bitten your hand off for it. And also like you mentioned, Ueda, who's who's gradually grown into the Japan shirt, but he still didn't really have the goal scoring record to to match his his prodigious talents. Well, he's he certainly padded his record a bit here against uh, Myanmar and Syria, but yes, yeah, it's, it's good, good to see him getting just rewards. And, you know, it, uh, it seems like everything that Moriasu has touched over the last six to eight months has is, is really come to gold. And you know, Mal Hosea get, getting a goal against Syria. Um, yeah, they're, they've got a, a win at home, they've got a win away, um, they've still to play Myanmar. that looks like the weakest team in the group away and they've got a couple of home games so yeah, i think japan should should really uh, uh, like a country like japan should really be targeting winning winning all six games in, in this group i don't think that's a an unrealistic target but yeah, very very good stuff. I saw more of the the, the second game, the Syria game, the the Myanmar. So uh, actually, made me feel very old seeing uh, Hector Cooper on the on the bench for Syria. I remember him around the the Millennium coaching a uh, very good Valencia team, and that Valencia team was always very strong defensively. And uh, you could see what he was trying to do. He had the Syrian side. Um, very well organised, made it made it hard for Japan to break down. But you know, ultimately the the Japanese A team just just so strong. We've got players coming out of the rear in each position, and yeah, I don't know how much was was really learned. But yeah, it looked like the fans in the stadium were were, were having a good time. But you know, what what would you make of things, Ben? Two two five 5-0 no wins looks a bit kind of simple and and on par for, for what they should be doing, but could you could have learned much? And were there any players that, that maybe took, caught your eye across the games?
0: Stood out? Well, yeah, um, two, yeah, really satisfying results, I think. And, um, you know, there are always potential banana skins uh, this, uh, this early in the, the qualifying stage, but, Yeah, I I guess especially the 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 Syria game away in Saudi Arabia had definitely had the the potential to be a banana skin, but uh, Japan negotiated things uh, very comfortably. We'll actually begin with that game, and um, maybe more of the fringe players that we uh, will be debating whether they've um, really enhanced their uh, Asian Cup. Uh, prospects or not will probably come when we uh, when we get around to talking about the Myanmar game. But yeah, as you said, it was more of the A-team against Syria uh, on uh, Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning Japan time. And well, obviously, yeah, just like last Thursday, the result was 5-0 to Japan. Um, so uh, from The the Myanmar game only uh, two players kept their spots Shogo Taniguchi and Isa Wada as uh, the the rest of the eleven was uh, changed completely by Hajime Moriyasu. Uh, For speaking of Wada, there was an early chance for him in in the sixth minute, uh, but it took until the the thirty second minute until uh, Takifusa Kubo gave Japan the lead with a 25-yard drive that fizzed past the keeper at his near post. That was the first of four assists on the evening for Junior Ito. Uh, it came after a, a mad scramble in the 24th minute, Johnny. Somehow <laughs> Japan somehow Japan didn't take the lead after uh, Waders header was saved by the keeper. A, a defender just got a touch before Takuma Asano could bicycle kick the ball in. From a yard out, and then Wataru Endo volleyed into the floor and off the bar before the ball was hacked clear. So that was a bit of uh, wacky races uh, for Japan there. And I guess at that sort of stage of proceedings, if if uh, uh, chances like those don't go in, you might start to think you're in for a long evening. But yeah, Kubo, I guess, opened the floodgates. There were two goals in uh, four minutes for Wader before half time. And when you uh, add in Yukinari Sugawara's slightly defect, uh, deflected. 25-yard shot two minutes into the second half. It was four goals in 15 minutes of action for Japan.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, that goal-mouth scramble because I think going into this game, I thought you know, if Japan win like 2-0, 3-1, that's probably quite a, quite a decent result. And I think the fact that they obviously came out on, on the front foot um, you know, after, after a, a good performance against Myanmar, but they maybe didn't convert as many chances to goals as, as they might have liked. To kind of come out and be a bit wasteful at the start. You know, if it had gone on much longer, then doubts might have started to creep in. But I think that the good thing about Kubo now he's really coming into his own in that that number ten role is he, he just like takes it outside the box. There's not even really for, for most players or a lot of players, there's not really a chance on, but he just gets the ball from Ito and he just takes a touch and then pings it right into the bottom of corner. No, no mistake. Syria didn't have that kind of quality uh, on the field to, to do anything about that. But that's the, a that's the real difference maker. That's what, what Kubo really needs to be. Even, I mean, you know, he scored one goal. Uh, you say Ito got four assists, Ueda got more goals. But the fact that Kubo was the one to break the scoring, uh, I think that was the, the, the decisive blow because it, it put, yeah, Syria had to then come out of their shell a bit more. And, and as you say, the, the floodgates really did open after that. And a couple of lovely moves for the, the second and third, both of both of Ueda's goals, I think both both itos were involved in one and then kubo was involved in the other as well um and yeah i think we said before in J league games haven't we when it's it's got the half time the, the coach has made a big big team talk and then yeah the, the one team goes out and scores within the first minute or two and then it's yeah rip up the team talking as there's a, there's a new script uh, when it's four nil down after 47 minutes that despite the deflection it's a lovely shot from sugawara and his first international goal but you know, I think that, that really kind of ended the game as a contest and Japan were able to sort of, they played well in sports, but after that just kind of managed the game quite well. And it, it did, you know, they got some subs on, you know, your Doan, Minamino, Hosoya, um, they all came on, Um, Machida got some more minutes as well. Uh, it was quite, quite a professional performance from Japan up, uh, after that. But yeah, I think really get, getting goals at, at good times and and not just getting one goal, but you know, absolutely like finishing Syria off with it, with a barrage. I think that that bodes well for Japan going forward into the Asian Cup and in future, yeah, future rounds of World Cup qualifying too. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a really key point, and um, yeah, the fact that they were able to uh, yeah put their foot to the floor and yeah basically decide the game. Uh, that early um, uh, with such a quick burst is uh, yeah really promising sign I think for uh, yeah for qualifiers to come and indeed the Asian Cup of course which is looming on the horizon very soon so um, I guess yeah if you look at the uh, when the goals went in the, the fourth went in in the forty seventh minute and we had to wait for uh, Mal hosoya's first Samurai Blue goal which came in the eighty second minute so you you might uh, be of the uh, of the mind that Japan took their foot off the gas, listeners, and I guess to some extent that is true, but there were still a number of chances, and, um, yeah, they did go close to uh, adding further goals before Hosoya put the icing on the cake. Uh, Ito, who uh, indeed set up Hosoya's as well late on, missed a a headed chance himself. Hidemasa Morita shot over, as he's uh, prone to do, and then uh, Takuma Asano saw a shot saved at close range. All those three chances came within Ten minutes of each other midway through the second half. So yeah, five nil it finished, and uh, yes, the A team uh, matched the B team uh, the uh, the previous Thursday night, Johnny, with a uh, yeah a very comfortable victory over Myanmar at the Suita City Stadium. Um, yes, this was uh, obviously even more one-sided than the the Syria game. Uh, Thirty-one shots. To uh, to nil, uh, uh, over eighty percent possession for Japan, and this was a, a procession from um, well from kickoff almost. And yeah, yeah, the Myanmar keeper was um, yeah time wasting <laughs> time wasting when his side was uh, was one 0 down. I mean it got to the point where he was uh, yeah delaying picking up the ball when it was uh, played back to him, or yeah uh, shot at him, so he could uh, burn some seconds off the clock to. Uh, Keep uh, keep the scoreline down, I suppose. But uh, yes, uh, Japan opened the scoring here in the 11th minute when uh, Takumi Minamino lofted uh, the ball into the box and it was uh, glanced in by the head of ISA Wader, the first of his hat-trick uh, on uh, this particular evening. Uh, Daichi Kamada made it 2-0 just before the half hour with a uh, 25-yard blast. And then uh, Ritsu Doan set up wader for the third uh, deep into first half stoppage time. Uh, Minamino's uh, second assist uh, provided Wader with his hat-trick five minutes into the second half. And with the crowd uh, desperate for, for Doan and uh, Minamino to get on the score sheets themselves, uh, they both went close before one uh, finally sent the uh, Sweets City Stadium supporters home happy with the, uh, the, the icing on this particular cake uh, four minutes from time with a, a lovely finish. So... Yes, the B team, Johnny. And I guess we're going to come on to, um, yeah, how we think the squad is shaping up for the Asian Cup. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you asked me earlier if you if I thought um, some players might have enhanced their prospect uh, of making the Asian Cup squad. Um, it's rude of me to throw the questions back at you before I've even answered it, but uh, it looks like that's the direction I'm heading in. So, um, yeah, what do you answer your own question first?
1: I think, you know, b- before I get, get to it, I think th- th- this game... You know, we, we like to see like, countries like Myanmar and smaller countries get a chance against the bigger opposition, but and, and this does happen in, in all confederations. I think France beat Gibraltar 14-0 or something in the, the European one, but mm, like mm. you say, it was when, when players aren't really celebrating to make it 1-0, and then you know, Japan subbing the goalie off, and then, as you said, the Myanmar goalie wasting time at 1-0 down, Yeah, it's, it's very, very hard to make like firm, firm judgment, so I think a lot of what I'm going to say is is kind of based on on, on other games or or seeing players like th- domestically. Um, I, I think you know the, the the lineup as it is. Um, that that, that second choice. The I know I, I had friends there watching it and they commented that, that Tanaka and, and Soma weren't that impressive. I think Tanaka is, if he's fit, he's uh, might have been a one off, not not such a great display, but I think he's he's absolutely dead set to, to go. S- Soma's an interesting one because I and I I rate him as a solid J-, J League player. I don't really I know Mitoma was, was injured and kato and is injured, but I think if everyone's fit I wouldn't really be choosing him in my, my Japan squad. And mm. Minamino Mina, Mina, from when I've seen him play for, for Monaco, he, he's obviously doing very well there. But for me, for Japan he's always been a kind of flat track bully. Like he'll will do well in games like this, picking up his assists, that no no goals here. But again, across the two games, I've not really seen much from him that says he has to be in there. Granted, there's been injuries here, and if there are injuries, I don't think you'll let anyone down, but he wouldn't necessarily be my first choice. Ueda um, starting both both games, I think, yeah, he's obviously helped his cause, and, and Hosoya, I think he came on in, in this game. I, I believe he played once before in a, a EAFF Cup, but this is That's the first, right, time, yeah. Yeah, first time he's played in like I another mean, cup. You get through caps for that, but like the first time he's played in a World Cup qualifier, I think he got like a, a third of the game against Myanmar, and then he's got his very well taken goal against um, Syria. Again, I think if everyone's fit, like Furuhashi, Maeda, Asano, uh, Ueda, I, I don't think is going, but I think he's definitely made a strong case for, for future involvement. And, and likewise, I'm not sure if Kamada got an, in, an injury because he went off at half time and then he was, he was withdrawn from the squad. Um, and then Kaishu Sano, who we talked about last week, he was straight in the squad and straight playing playing for half the game against uh, Myanmar. So, uh, again, uh, with with a lot of injuries in there, like Atsuki Ito and, and Kawabe um, and the likes, um, Sano's taken his chance and probably not for Asian Cup because uh, I think, basically, we're, we're going to see from Moriasu players who, who have done it before have something in the bank. But I think he's beyond that. I think Sano and Hosoya have definitely... Um, They've definitely enhanced their chances, and, you know, Osako in this game, and, and Suzuki, obviously, uh, against uh, Syria. Neither of them had, well, I mean, Osaka didn't have any shots to save Suzuki. I think, I don't think he made any saves, did he? He made a couple of good catches and um, put punches clear, but I think both of them, it, not necessarily could have a lot to do, but I think they've looked comfortable, and Moriase has shown faith in them, so I think they, they are kind of not nailed down to go. Um, those were the ones I I would comment on, I, I'm not going to take all the, all the names so I'll pass it back to you Ben, is there anyone you, you would add or is there anything you, you disagree with, with from what I said there?
0: No, no, I think you, you're spot on and yeah I'd, I'd really like to single out Sano because um, yeah, as a late addition to the squad, he was absolutely terrific after coming on uh, against Myanmar, again Um, you, all the caveats about the, the quality of the opposition and with all due respect to Myanmar but um, yeah, Sano just came on and basically ran the show and looked um, completely confident from the moment he stepped on the pitch and um, was uh, – yeah, I thought he was excellent. Uh, so, uh, again, it's uh, it's not going to do him any fa- – um, I don't think it's going to get him on the, uh, the, the plane to Qatar for the Asian Cup. But, um, again, as another name – that uh, Moriyasu can add to his uh, roller decks, if you like, of of players he can call on, uh, because Asano absolutely did not let him down on, on that particular occasion. Uh, even my old mate Sioshi uh, Watanabe came on and uh, and did all right again. Um, how many times should we say it, Johnny? But yeah, the the opposition wasn't great, but uh, again, anything that was put in front of Watanabe, he uh, he did well, and um, yeah, really interesting. Uh, and pleased for, for Maikawa to see him get the last 10 minutes of, uh, of the M- Myanmar game. And what that meant is that over the course of the, the, the two games, that all 23 members uh, of, uh, of the Japan squad saw the pitch. So uh, it was uh, a very satisfying international break. Could Japan have won both games by more goals? Yes, they could have. Could they have been slightly more clinical? Uh, yes, uh, overall, I think this uh, this international break has uh, yeah been a, a highly successful exercise, and Hajime Moriyasu, I'm sure, uh, feels the same. But uh, now he's got some massive decisions to make, Johnny. So before we leave the national team, um, we were debating how we we're going to do this in the green room, but I think we can. Um, there's probably a number of, uh, of players that we're going to agree. Are uh, automatic call-ups to the uh, the Asian Cup 23, but there might be some that uh, one or both of us have doubts uh, uh, on uh, some positions rather. So, uh, why don't we kind of work our way from back to front and see how we're uh, yeah the lie of the land for the the two of us and and how the this uh, 23 uh, might be shaping up with uh, obviously just a uh, a friendly against Thailand on New Year's Day. And um, and that's it until the Asian Cup uh, starts for Japan uh, on January the 14th against Vietnam. So uh, in goal, Keisuke Osako and Zion Suzuki, I would presume, are automatic uh, players in your squad.
1: Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, again, we're presuming health for everybody. So would you be taking Kosuke Nakamura, Daiya Maikawa or uh, another goalkeeper as your third?
1: Yeah, well, if, if Nakamura's fit, I don't know what his fitness situation is. I, I would have him in in the squad um, purely on a, on a more experienced basis. I'm not necessarily saying he should be first choice, but uh, I don't think Mayakawa would let, let anyone down. But just that kind of Osako, Suzuki, Mayakawa, you, you've got Osako and Mayakawa have exclusively been in, in Japan and Suzuki's only just gone abroad and he's, he's very young. So to have that, Kosuke Nakamura has been a, a first choice in Japan for a number of years. And he's been in Europe for a number of years. So I think, you know, given you've got a couple of youngsters and our younger goalkeepers and, and Mayakawa wouldn't be the first choice, I, I would choose Nakamura over Mayakawa if, if fitness, if, if he is fit. But, again, I'd be quite happy to, to select Mayakawa. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, probably Nakamura. But, again, yeah, his fitness is, is always a concern, obviously, and his availability. So, um yeah, uh, I would go for Korske, but uh, yeah, Maikawa my, my would be uh, perfectly acceptable as the, as the third keeper for me. Okay, why don't you uh, lead us off in defence, and you can break it down however you like, whether you want to split them up into centre-backs and full-backs, or just read off uh, the list of the defenders you currently have um, as, uh, well, yeah, automatics in, in your squad.
1: Well, Yeah, I have, I have four full-backs, but two of which can play centre-back, and then three centre-backs, at least one of which can play Full back and two of which could technically play in holding midfield roles. But the, the seven players I'd written down was um, uh, Sugawara and Maekuma for, for right back, uh, Hiroki Ito and, and Nakayama, who can cover left back or, or centre back, Tomiyasu, who's centre back but can, can play anywhere, Itakura and Taniguchi, centre backs, who, who can play um, as, as holding midfielders. And then I had uh, Machida, uh, Watanabe and, and Hashioka as, as the other three. And I have a feeling that an extra one might go, just my feeling it might be Machida but I don't know about you Ben would you would you say they pick seven defenders or would they go with an eighth defender and and do you agree with those names I just I just threw
0: out yeah well I've actually got Machida as one of my automatics because right. yeah, I think he'll take four specialist centre-backs and um yeah I think Ito will be uh battling it out with Nakayama for the the left back spot I fully appreciate that Ito is capable of of doing center back and that might mean Machida doesn't go and he, he's able to select another midfielder or even a utility man like Yuki Soma even though I don't think either of us want to see him in the 23 but that that's something random that um, Moriyasu might spring for but yeah my automatics uh, in defense are well again to read off all the same names is a bit boring isn't it but I don't have I don't have Maikuma as a, an automatic I've got him and Hashioka as the the uh the rivals for the eighth and final uh, defensive spot in in my squad uh, with Maikuma the clubhouse leader I I think in in terms of how the the last couple of squads uh, have gone
1: yeah I think I think I, w- I think we could probably meet, meet in the middle and say that Maikuma is is maybe amber he's not quite green definitely going but he's not like Hashioka's more of a more of a, a yellow whereas I think um yeah Maekuma's more more amber I think he's 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 maybe got a got foot on the plane but he hasn't got both feet on the plane yet but, but like mm. you said the way the squads have gone and the fact he's he's played at least one game in the last the last few international columns i i think he's very very close to being if not quite there he, he's very close to being uh, definitely on the on the plane
0: right right so now in midfield um this is where things get uh, well particularly hectic i think because yeah if he doesn't do the, the funky bit, and if he if he does take eight defenders instead of seven, then um, obviously we're 11 players into a, a 23-man squad, and, uh, I mean, there are certain midfielders slash wingers that we that we know are absolutely going. We know that Wataru Endo is going. We know that Hidemasa Morita is going. We know that our Tanaka, uh, Junior Ito, Kauru Mitoma, and Takafusa Kubo are absolutely going. So they are the six that I have absolutely nailed on and actually i what i posted today in the line group i think i'm going to contradict myself because i had atsuki ito as the um, the, the favorite for the fourth center mid spot but i realized that uh, daichi kamada can play there as well so if it's a battle between ito and kamada i guess it would be, well, it would be really unlikely for Kamada not to make it, I I suppose, wouldn't it, Johnny? So, um, yeah, I'm I'm actually going to add Kamada in because I don't think there's any way that he doesn't take him. So, I've got seven seven automatics, and when I think he's going to take four strikers, that means that um, he's, yeah, he's left with... uh, Basically, one one spot between Atsuki Ito, Ritsudowan, Keito Nakamura, and Takumi Minamino. And that's with other fringy players like Kawabe, Hatate, Soma, and even Sano, who was so impressive against Myanmar, um, basically not even getting a look in. So, yeah, that's where I'm at, at... uh, what, just past 10 o'clock on Wednesday night, Johnny. Uh, obviously, that could change a number of times before the actual squad's announced. But, yeah, where are you uh, in, in terms of midfield?
1: Yeah, I actually split it into two. So there was, like, the central midfield, like the Japanese called Boranshi, a uh, holding midfielder, and then attacking midfielder wing. Um, and, then I, yeah, I had Kamada, the same as you. I had Kamada in as, a, as an automatic. So we, we've got seven of the same names. And I'd actually put Kamada more as the, the central midfielder because I think... You know, there's a tendency to think, well, the Asian Cups will be bigger games, but a lot of the earlier games might not be massively dissimilar to what we've seen in, in the last couple of games where you can play someone like Kamada a bit further back because you're not going to have to do that much defending anyway. So I put yeah. him in, in that role. And I also put Doan in as as being being on the plane. I I, I had eight. And I was also working on the assumption that he'll only take three centre-forwards. Mm. So it might be a, like a... 8-8-3-3. Eight, eight, three, three. no that looks one more actually doesn't it so uh, maybe eight eight defenders nine holding midfielders slash attacking midfielders and then three center forwards and yeah I, I had the same names as you I, I think ito is obviously injured it didn't look great so I don't I'm a bit worried about him in terms of when he'll be back um and I think hatati is out for two months so it'll be a big risk to take him yeah but I think you've got minamino and then K- keto Nakamura I think if he's fit. I think he's ahead of Minamino, so he would be more likely to go. Um, and Soma, I definitely would not pick, but I, I just have the feeling he's going to squirm his way in like the, the World Cup squad again. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got I've got eight names. Like Endo Mori, Tanaka, Kamada, Kubo, Junaito, Doan Mitoma, and then one out of Atsuki Ito, Minamino, Soma, or, or Keto Nakamura. So, a, a bit like you, Ben, there's, is a, there's so many... Players for for so few positions, there's like five positions in the field, and there's like you know eleven or twelve quality quality players. It is so hard to know what what um, Mr. Morias is going to do. So he's gonna have a lot of thinking to do over the next the next month or so before he kind of really really uh, chisels it down to, to the, the final squads.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean it would be shocking if a, if a player like Doan it wasn't in the 23. I mean, yeah, there's, uh, there's some people who think he should be the first choice number 10, and would, yeah, it would be shocking if he if he didn't make it. But um, for me, he's kind of on the fringe, and uh, I, I think ultimately, yeah, he he will end up being selected by uh, by Moriyasu. But I've got four forwards in my 23, Johnny. Um, I've got Wader, Asano. Furuhashi and Maeda with apologies to Hosoya but he's left his run too late for me so well you you can't not pick Wada, and you know that Asano is going to be there because it's a Moriyasu squad so that means you're choosing between Furuhashi and Maeda?
1: Yeah yeah that's what I had Ueda and Asano was definites and then uh, I, I think you might kind of go back to Sam's question before about like, is he going to pick a like a slightly weakened squad? I don't think he'll pick a weakened squad, but he might be kind of wary of, like, there's a number of Japanese players at Celtic. He might not take them all. So I think it might be a case of Maeda or Furuhashi. And obviously he has previous for not picking Furuhashi for, for big squads. So I think if Maeda's fit, the fact that he, like, like Asano, he can play as a centre forward or he can play a, a, on the wing just... Kind of behind the main forward. I think it might be Ueda Asano, Maeda but yeah, again, I, I wouldn't surprise me to see Furuhashi in the squad. And and if there is an injury, I think if 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 Furuhashi or Ueda were to be injured, then Hosoya becomes a becomes an option because he is is an out and out centre forward, whereas a Maeda are more play off a, a main forward. But yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Picking picking four four forwards, it makes a lot of sense, but. Uh, if you're going to fit um, Yuki Soma in somehow then you might have to make you might have to to make way somehow. but may, maybe it is quite interesting like when you break it down like this the you know the holding midfielder and the, the attacking midfielder wing is so strong when it gets to center forward it does all of these players are good players but it does kind of drift away into players who kind of been slightly pushed out of their main position or you know, p- players coming back from injuries or players who haven't really proven themselves fully. So, yeah, centre-forward is somewhere, I think, Japan, if, if, a, if a big player was to get injured, that, that's a tough blow to come back from. Whereas, as you saw in these recent games, you know, if, if Mitoma's out or there's, there's a couple of players missing from the, the second line of attack, there's more there's more kind of band-aids to plaster over that. But I think centre-forward, I think it's really important, if Japan are going to win it, that, that all of those five players are available and that they can pick who they want or who Moriasto thinks is, is really the is really the best player for, for the occasion. So yeah again there's a I can follow injuries in the J League. following injuries all across Europe is very tough. So I'm sure there's some listeners who know who know more than myself or, or you about the actual fitness of some of these players we've discussed. But yeah, that centre forward role is, is one I'm really looking forward to seeing who who he picks for that.
0: Well yeah I was um... Kind of thinking that it, it had been obviously a while since Japan had a, a proper number nine that they could rely on uh, since uh, Yuya Osako was no longer in the national team picture. But yeah, I wonder whether Isa Weeda has um, has fully taken uh, control of that number nine shirt after uh, these couple of games. Again, with the the caveat, they call it of the uh, of the opposition, but um he's uh, and obviously a very very different kind of a uh, number 9 to Osako but uh yeah you you see his uh, predatory instincts in the box over these uh, the, over these two games and yeah he's uh, he's got five goals to show uh for his uh, his efforts over these two games and that's uh, made him uh, Japan's top scorer for the calendar year 2023 with uh, seven goals uh, over the uh, the course of the year uh, Japan be- began the year with a draw versus Uruguay and a loss to Colombia in March but uh, since then they've uh, run off eight straight wins uh, to finish off the uh, the calendar year including of course that famous 4-1 win versus Germany in Germany in September and uh, yes these two 5-0 victories have uh, rounded off the year in style for the Samurai Blue. So, yeah, as we said, it's a Thailand on New Year's Day, uh, Thailand with their new uh, coach, Masatada Ishii, of course, uh, the, uh, uh, the the new their new Japanese manager who's uh, just been appointed. And uh, Japan will take on Vietnam, Iraq and Indonesia in a group stage play in uh, Qatar and will hopefully go a long, long way in that tournament before a uh, home and away doubleheader against north korea in march those two games should be highly charged no question at all all right so that's our national team review i get for the final time in 2023 johnny after a quick hit of music we'll return to domestic matters handing out six more player of the season awards and then looking ahead to j1 match day 33 Welcome back. Now it's time to hand out some more silverware on uh, J Talk. It's uh, yeah, Player of the Season time. Uh, six more clubs were and their nominees were put before our patrons, and uh, yes, we'll uh, share with you the results of the the, the Patreon polls, and then um, yeah, decide whether our patrons have got it right. Or not, Johnny. So, in the order that they were posted and voted on by our patrons, we'll begin with Albertex Negata. Uh, three nominees for Albertex uh, Shunsuke Mito. Uh, Ryosuke Kojima and uh, Takehiro Call were the nominees. Uh, this was a, a close run result with uh, Mito getting 60% of the vote, uh, Kojima 40%, uh, poor old call uh, with uh, zero. But uh, he's uh, had a fine season in midfield uh, for Niigata, so hopefully he won't be feeling too down in the dumps about not getting any votes from our patrons here. But uh, yeah, this was a a very interesting poll Johnny and I'm tempted to go first but I'll, I'll let you uh, have your uh, two cents on uh, whether you think the patrons have got this one right or not
1: yeah, as you said, this was a, a tough one because I think Niigata, like like Sapporo, it's a it's slightly like after the Lord Mayor's show because the the obvious candidate from the the first half of the year went to Europe and and Yotaro Ito, who you know, it's interesting looking up his stats because he only played seventeen games, but he's he's still Niigata's top scorer. He's still first in assists and probably even more incredibly, he's he's fifth in all of J1 for chance creation despite only playing half the season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think. Unfortunately for for Ko, as as you mentioned, as good a season as as he had, players in that position, it's very difficult to to stand out. So yeah, I think he can be quite satisfied with the fact the team are comfortably away from from relegation. Um, Kojima and Mito are difficult to separate. You know, exciting winger from a, a goalkeeper who I, I saw. You know, he's been been linked with Urawa in, in recent days, and I don't think he's going to be at Niigata next season, to to be honest. But yeah, I mean, I, I always favour, if I had to pick one, I always favour attacking play, and Mito's really caught the eye, you know, um, he's got two Goal of the Month awards this season for a brilliant goal against Marinos, and then that was, that was from long range, and you know, a lovely kind of individual skill, like sending the defender and the goalkeeper the wrong way against, against Gamba. so two, two different types of goals. He was, he was fantastic the other week against Kawasaki, and he, he has kind of stood up for, um, since Mito's gone, he's not played every game, because I know he's been involved with sort of international set up and obviously Niigata don't really have to play their strongest lineup, and they've actually been quite interesting this season Niigata because they've they've rotated a lot especially in like defence sometimes changing like three defenders between games and even Coes rotated a little bit so a very interesting season because I remember a few years ago when they was uh, Albert was in charge at, in J2 and I think they were in the top six for most of the year but there was no playoffs and they just completely fell away the back end and finished 11th which wasn't really representative and you know, this year, when it kind of got to that stage when there was a, a big gap between the bottom three and the rest, like Niigata were just above that gap. And, you know, listeners, feel free to take this as criticism more of the, the teams around them than Niigata themselves. But uh, I'll wait and see next year. I'm a, I'm a slightly sceptical if, if tenth is the real level or if they've just kind of, you know, they've stepped in the gas while others have taken their foot off the gas. But... You know, it's been a fantastic season. I've enjoyed players like Mito and Comey hasn't really, yeah, you know, he hasn't really delivered in terms of goals and assists, but he's been really good to watch too. Um, I Mito and Kojima, I could definitely see merits for for both, but the patrons have gone for for Mito, so I'm happy to to rubber stamp that. Do you have any anything to add to that, Ben?
0: Well, yeah, actually, I should have gone first because that would have added to the drama, <laughs> Johnny. But yes, I I would have um I would have gone for Kojima actually, so. Um, yeah, you would have had the casting vote. So uh, uh, ultimately, yeah, yourself and the patrons have won the day here. So um, obviously I'm happy to see Mito win the award because he's a, a terrific player. But I, I think over the course of uh, the entire season, Kojima has been, well, I think he's been Nigata's best player. So that's why I think he's their, <laughs> their player of the season. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, Mito was very much in Ito's shadow until – uh the uh, the latter departed and i mean i called uh, mito uh, Ito's air, air attacking air apparent in uh, in the Patreon write up, and obviously he's he's picked up the mantle after Ito's departure, and um, his second half of the season has been has been terrific. Uh, so you know, fair play to him for that for for taking um, his opportunity when an increased role and more responsibility was placed on his shoulders. But um, yeah, for me, uh, Kojima coming up um in uh, in a promoted team and and doing especially well between the sticks he's had obviously timeout uh, through injury and missed uh, missed four games. But otherwise, I think he's been, um, yeah, uh, one of the better goalkeepers in J1 this year. So for me, yeah, he would have won it. But um, uh, yeah, as I said, happy to see uh, Mito uh, take the gong um, by yeah two to one and uh, and fair dues there. So the uh, the next poll was on uh, FC Tokyo. We have to give a big thanks to Alex and Thomas for their input on our nominees. Here now, it, is, it might strike you as strange, listeners. There were only three nominees for uh, for Niigata, and for for most people, they have uh, exceeded expectations this season. While uh, to- FC Tokyo most definitely have not, uh, but we had uh, four nominees for for the Gas Men. So uh, it does, I guess, seem a little bit a little bit strange. But uh, Diego Oliveira, Kuryumatsky, Ryoma Watanabe, and uh, Kota Tawaratsumida were put. Before our patrons uh, to vote on uh, again, as with Cole, uh, Tawara Tsumida, uh, on the opposite end of the length of surname scale, uh, they also got to zero percent of the vote. Uh, but in terms of the Tokyo poll and the three players that received votes, uh, Diego Oliveira was the clear winner with the fifty-eight percent to uh, Matsuki's twenty-five and Watanabe's seventeen. And um, yes, I would uh, go along with that uh dialton obviously won the award last season but uh, has been miles off uh this year but uh diego has been yeah a, a shining light for tokyo up front his uh, all-round uh forward play has been uh, tremendous and he's obviously uh, far and away tokyo's leading scorer this season and um, and yeah a a clear winner according to the patrons and also um yeah i'm happy to to go along with that, um, Tokyo's best player by a fair distance, in in my opinion, uh, Johnny. I don't know if you voted, bothered to vote in this one, but um, yeah, Diego obviously took a, a large percentage of the vote.
1: Yeah, I'm a long-term Diego fan, so I, I had no problem voting for him, and no problem rubber stamping that. It's, it's interesting to see the the Diegoometer is a 84 J1 goals. So. He's getting on a bit, but maybe maybe another season and a half, like the the form he's been in, then he'll, he'll be up to a hundred. That might be sort of something to to dangle in front of him. And I think he him and you know you mentioned last year it was Adelton who won. I think that's a shining message to the the, the Tokyo front office that at the moment with the resources they have, it seems like they're very good at attracting Brazilians from other J1 teams. But when they bring in Brazilians from outside Japan, they, it doesn't seem like they really know what they're doing. So I think that's something they need to, to look to correct in, in years going forward if they if FC Tokyo are really to, to live up to their potential. But yeah, I think like, like you said about the Niigata only having three and FC Tokyo having four. I mean, we, we could point out that Niigata overperformed to such an extent that one of the obvious four, four was, was taken out of the equation. And, and some teams like FC Tokyo and like we'll come on to Gamba later it's not necessarily a case of these players all playing amazing. It's more just, you know, it sometimes can be difficult to pick out who's actually played that well because, in, in fairness, a, a lot of people haven't had particularly good seasons or have only stood out for, for 10 games. But, yeah, I think that exciting for Tokyo that Matsuki and Tawarad Sumida, the t- two young players, uh, how long did they, they stay at Tokyo, uh, I think fans should, should enjoy watching them because they're good players. And, you know, Watanabe, he's always a fun one to watch, but I think a bit like Matthias Savio, he he seems to, to verge from the, the sublime to the ridiculous from one minute to the next. But he's, he's definitely a fun watch. And yeah, if FC Tokyo can keep hold of all these four, and it, it gives him a, a solid base for, for hopefully for Peter Klimovsky to build a, a team around it that can do do a bit better
0: next season. Yes, fingers crossed in that department, Johnny. All right, we'll uh, move on to Tosu next, um, where yeah, Park Il-Gyu, the, uh, the goalkeeper, was a clear winner of the, the the Sagan poll. He got 70% of the vote. Uh, Saul Kawahara, 20%. Uh, one of my fantasy football favourites, uh, Yoichi Naganuma, got to 10%. And poor old uh, Yuji Ono, the joint top scorer, went voteless. Um, so, yeah, it, it is unusual for a goalkeeper to win um, a, a popularity contest like this. Johnny but when it comes to Park I don't know whether it's uh, some of our F muddy nose leaning uh, patrons who uh, decided to vote for Park for uh, old time's sake or uh, or how uh, yeah what was behind him winning this uh, so convincingly I'm pretty sure I know where one of the uh, the votes for Saul Kawahara will have come from uh, cough cough Sam Robson cough cough but uh, yeah Park uh, Parks won this uh, poll by a, a significant margin.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, since I've been on every week, I've been banging on about Tosu n- nicking results after after having loads of shots against him, and I I dug up some some stats, and more to come when we preview the the all game. But you know Parks made 126 saves according to the like, um stats, which is 42 more than the next yeah, next goalkeeper. Granted, he has played like every minute of of every game, whereas I think that the next um, you know, in the per, per ninety rating is uh, Song Boom Koon, who's who's missed a few games, and Park's making three point nine saves per per ninety minutes to Song's three point eight. But he's a much better save percentage. I, you know, I, you might remember me and Sam battling over the the, the Park versus Langerak for for the t- team of the half season or team of season before. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of Park, and you know, obviously one of the votes came came from me. I, I really see. All, all these four players, you know, Ono I, I liked when he was at Gamba He just couldn't stay fit. And that's been the case through his career. So I'm really happy he's managed to stay relatively injury-free this year and, and deliver the goods. Naganuma, you know, he's in your fantasy team, Ben. I think he's yeah, he's a, he's a solid, solid player. He's done very well, can play left or right wing, can even play at full-back as well. And it's interesting because he knew Kenta Kawaii from, from the time at Ehime when he was on loan there. So that's been a solid pickup as has Kawahara. I think, unfortunately, as is always the case with with Tosu, that those two names are probably going to be in a few shopping lists around the league. So whether they're they're both at Sagantosu next season remains to be seen. But, yeah, I think all of those players, Kawahara and Naganuma Ono, they've all helped. But I think, you know, if Park had missed a significant amount of time injury... I think we'd be talking about Sagan being being down in the relegation battle when we come to preview round 33, rather than being absolutely safe in, in mid table. He's he's uh, he. I think he's one of the players that's made the biggest difference. So the, the, the one player in on the team that if you took him out, they would just collapse. I, I think he is such a big player for them, so I, I would absolutely have to, to rubber stamp um, the, the park and 70. percent uh, How about you, Ben? Dare you overturn the, the, the patrons and suggest someone else?
0: No, I'm not going to go out on this particular limb Johnny. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go along with yourself and indeed the patrons and uh, and yeah. Uh, Park uh, makes it a clean sweep and and fair enough too as you say a, a huge uh, hugely important player to uh, to the Sagan setup under Kenta Kowai. Okay, next to Sapporo and with thanks to uh, TD for his uh, input on our nominees Again, we uh, we stretched to four. Again, we had uh, one player get 0%, poor old Ashunta Tanaka. I guess that's the, the the tax of being part of the uh, Sapporo defence, but uh, in uh, Daiki Suga was able to, uh, to garner uh, 10% of the vote uh, anyway, but, uh, yeah, poor old Tanaka was shut out. It was uh, basically a shootout between Yuya Asano and uh, Takuma Arano, which was uh, slightly surprising, but uh, not surprising to see Asano win ...by such a clear-cut margin, although obviously, Johnny, the same with the, the Niigata poll, if uh, Ito had stuck around all year, uh, we w- I wonder how this would have gone if uh, Takoro Kaneko was still in the uh, the black and red kit of uh, Sapporo, because uh, while Asano's had a, uh, a stellar season, no question, uh, I mean, yeah, Kaneko was in our team of the half-season, wasn't he, and uh, he was having an absolutely tremendous season before his departure to Europe, but uh, yes... Uh, I said a battle between Asano and Arano. It was 60-30, so Asano was, again, a clear-cut winner. But, um, yeah, I was slightly surprised to see Arano get as many votes as he did.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's only fair to – I gave praise to Ito, so to it give praise to Kaneko too, because he's, he's support second top goal scorer and he's – Second equal in assists, and you know, Ito is fifth in J1 in chance creation, and Kaneko is still eighth, so yeah, he was in, he was in phenomenal form. And we, we should probably add because like Augusti was actually started or played less games than, than Kaneko, so maybe in some other teams, Ogashiwa we might have been able to shoehorn him in with his five goals and six assists, but he he hadn't played enough. And, and Super Chalk is a player I really like, but he's only started 10 games and he's only played 22 in total, but seven goals and an assist, so. Yes, it's a It's been a been a funny old season, but I, I guess that, that this kind of mishmash we've got of of players together and players who missed out maybe kind of t- tells its own story. Um, yeah, because I think myself and Sam, we, we weren't going to have Arano in in the, the the poll, but um, you know, he, he made his way in and he got 30%. I'm I i can not say I'm a huge fan. He's, his nine yellow cards, he tends to tends to wind me up a bit, but uh, I'm sure he's a he's a lovely block off the off the field. He seems like a decent enough guy, just just not the good of player you wanna wanna play against. But you know, fair play to him. But yeah, I think with um with Asano he's a living goals, it's a it's a very much a, a signing I didn't have a lot of hope for, but he, he's gone there and he's done done very well. Can even add to that over the, the remaining two games. Uh I think he's a he's a worthy winner. Suga is maybe more there on, on reputation because he's always one of Sapporo's better players, and this has maybe not been his vintage year for him. And Tanaka, I, I really like. I, I see it more as a tactical thing with, with with him. Like he's told to push up as a as a right back or go bombing into the opposition box. I, I think for for me, Okamura makes more basic like defensive mistakes, whereas Tanaka just tends to be what what I would deem to be out of position. But the fact he plays almost every minute of every game and he's popped up with four goals, I think makes Mr. Petrovic quite quite happy. So, yeah, um, I, I think he's just doing what he's told rather than being a bad defender is my, my take on him. But, yeah, I, I totally see why he didn't get any percent of the vote. But uh, in, in a long way about I'm quite happy to, to rubber stamp you, uh Asano, um, as, as Sapporo's player of the, the season and, and yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, um, I think the patrons have got that one spot on Yuya Asano, a deserving winner of uh, the Sapporo uh, Player of the Season Award. Uh, Next to Kyoto, we thanks to Jamie for his uh, input on our four nominees. And this quite literally, Johnny, was a straight shootout between two of them as uh, Patrick and Shogo Asada both went voteless. Uh, It was uh, Yuta Toyokawa and uh, Sota Kawasaki who garnered uh, all of the votes from our patrons, but it was a two-thirds split in favour of Toyokawa that uh, has seen him win the day, according to our patrons. And, um, yeah, long story short, I'm very happy to go along with that. Uh, Toyokawa's uh, all-action style and uh, always wears his heart on his sleeve when he's out on the pitch. And, um, yeah, for me, this is uh, just rewards for a, a tremendous season from, uh, from Toyokawa and uh, yeah he's uh, yeah clearly uh, Kyoto's player of the season for mine.
1: Yeah yeah absolutely I think I've mentioned several times in the, the pod before that I wasn't a big fan of his before this season but you know he, he had 10 goals in 90 J1 games before the season started and he's got 9 in 26 this year so it's it's clearly been a, a big upsurge for him in terms of, of goal-scoring form, but like, like you mentioned, he, he's so much more than goals. His work rate and his, his harrying of opposition defenders really, really has, has helped him. Um, Kyoto down that right wing, and even at times in the second half, he switches over to the left or he's going into centre forward. Uh, I think Kawasaki may be suffering a bit of kind of second season syndrome in, in J1. I think he got injured when he was in the, the national team squad early on. He's had a couple of spells out the team, and then. Uh, Dikey Canico, who's had a pretty solid second half of the season, is coming at the base of the midfield, and he's moved forward a little bit. Um. Yeah, other than that, it was it was quite hard for us to find like c- candidates because, you know, Patrick got in with only nine starts, but he, he has played in all but, but two games and he scored 10 goals. So, mm. yeah, uh, Taichi Hara, if he'd been there all season, he'd definitely been a, a strong c- candidate. But he's only played 11 games, even though he's got five goals and three assists. And I quite like um, the Fukuda Ashinosuke Fukuda, the, the right back, who's going kind to of come into the team since um, Shirai went to FC Tokyo. But again, he's only really played half a season. So... We were kind of scratching around for, as Kyoto tend to do, a club with their resources. They have to rely on various players contributing at different times of the season. But I think we can we can safely say Toyokawa, yeah, twenty twenty six out of thirty two games, and he's nine goals and what one assist. He's contributed to ten goals. I think he is a a very very comfortable winner of, of this award.
0: Most definitely. Okay, so the uh, the final piece of silverware we'll give out this uh, this week is for the Gumba Osaka player of the year Johnny so basically I'll just give the results of the poll and get out of your uh, get out of your way here so uh again we had uh, four players nominated and one player didn't receive any votes that was the defender Keisuke Kurokawa so the uh, the votes were split up between Juan Alano who got to 60% of the vote and uh, Darwan and Yuki Yamamoto both with 20% so um, it, again. It's perfectly okay if you want to disagree with the patrons. I've done the same with uh, with Kojima for the, in the Niigata poll. But um, yeah, it's uh, basically over to you, and uh, I'm happy to, uh, to to go along with uh, whichever way you you're leaning uh, as uh, as in terms of the Gumba player of the season.
1: No, nah, I, I would I would go with with Alano. I, I did. I, was, I showed the Patreon poll to one of my one of my Gamba friends, one of my Japanese friends, who's not 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 a patron, and she she said um, that that one would have been her choice. So maybe maybe suggest it might be a bit closer than the sixty twenty suggested, but it's actually quite difficult because as a lot of fans of teams that have been out at the cups will, will know, you know, if players have been injured for for the last couple of months, they almost haven't played. Like there've been so many games. There's been so many weeks when there hasn't been league games. It almost feels like Alano and Dawan haven't played for ages, even though they've only missed it one or two games. Um, But yeah, I think uh, Alano has been uh, worryingly he was offered to us by by Kashima. It wasn't any good scouting on on Gamba's behalf, but he's got one more goal uh, than than Dawan. And I think when he's not playing, as I think he won't be playing actually against Hiroshima again this weekend, you you can kind of see. Gamba just lacked that kind of spark, that verve, someone who can do something on their own if, if necessary. Like I mentioned, that, like Kubo was able to just take the bull with the horns against uh, Syria. Alano, to, to an extent, with, with Gamba, has been able to do that. Um, so, yeah, this season, again, with Gamba, has been difficult because I think we talked last time about the Fukuoka game, how Gamba tend to play actually quite well for, for a spelling games, even if they lose it. There's only been like two or three games where they've been absolutely horrible. Um, but they've gone on these these runs where they're either they can't win or they can't lose, and then they're back to can't, can't win again, and we're we're still not safe of, of relegation. So I almost feel a bit more positive about some of these players than I really should. Um, but yeah, I think Alano would would, would win. Uh, Dawan's had had a solid um, season, even if he's kind of drifted towards the back end. Yamamoto has impressed me more as the season's gone on, particularly as he's captained the team more, and I think yeah his. Um, his leadership skills have come on. They still need a bit of work, but I mentioned against Fukuoka, he was he was really good and ran the show for for a long time. And yeah, Kuroka was yeah he, again. he's maybe could kind have of drifted to the second half of the season, but uh, yeah, but probably with hindsight, I would have taken him out and just left the, the other three. But he was in contention with with Netalavi. People might be surprised he wasn't there, but again, he's kind of towards the back end of the season, obviously with uh, in away international duty and obviously what's going on in his, his home country. Sometimes there are kind of bigger issues than in than, than football. So I'm not sure if he's actually going to come back and play again for, for the rest of this season. But he, he looked very impressive early on. And Riku Handa, uh, too, too, before he got, got injured. And then he looked very good for Japan. Yeah, under 22s against Argentina at the weekend. So again, yeah, it's been a lot like FC Tokyo. There's been a lot of players who've done a bit in, in spells, but it's very difficult to kind of, kind of nail down nil down one, but yeah, Alano, top, top scorer and joint top in assists. I, th- I think he's, he's, he's got to be the one for me.
0: Yep. Okay. So as I said, yeah, very uh, yeah, perfectly happy to go along with that. So uh, thank you for that, Johnny. And uh, thanks to Alan for, uh, yeah, helping us out with uh, getting our uh, Gumba shortlist together. All right then. So yeah, we'll be putting uh, polls for the remaining six clubs, the, the current top three and bottom three, uh, be uh, before our patrons. Uh, before uh, we record our next episode, after match day 33 is played over the weekend, Johnny. There are two games on Friday night, and then uh, the other seven all take place uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, and all kick off at uh, two o'clock. So uh, there's a huge one. Uh, one of the two on a Friday night when uh, Yokohama F. Marinos can go back top of the live table when they host Niigata, uh, while uh, Kawasaki host uh, Kashima also on Friday night. But, uh, yeah, we've mentioned it for the last couple of weeks, the the potential for this game to be a banana skin for F Marinos. Um, they are rolling. Uh, uh, they'll be hoping, obviously, that this uh, international break hasn't uh, derailed the momentum they had uh, going uh, heading into it. But, um yeah, I guess uh, you've you mentioned it you, yourself, and you were the first one to flag it. So, where do you think uh, a can actually hurt F. Marino's and uh, and yeah, the the potential for an upset in that game?
1: Mm, so this, this is interesting because you know this this game is on the Friday night versus Kobe on the Saturday. So I'm not sure whether like if both teams like as, as if there was no ACL involved, they would both have kicked off at the same time. I'm I'm trying to work out if it's to the advantage of one team or disadvantage, but I, I, it's very very interesting because I, I think in terms of the where Nigata can hurt Mariners is potentially they don't really have anything to play for, so the, the pressure the pressure is off. So you know mm. if, if Mariners don't get an early goal, Nigata can play off that because the, the crowd are going to get nervous. Um, and I think it, it's worth pointing out because you, you know you said um. If, if Marinos win, they, they could go ahead in the, the, the live table. But if Marinos don't win, then that means we still go into their game on Saturday knowing that a win wins the title for them. So Mar- Marinos can, can all, they can't can win the title, but they can very well throw it away. Um, so, yeah, Niigata, with the, the way they put against Kawasaki might be the kind of blueprint where just the quick, quick wingers getting directly running at fullbacks and running into the centre at the centre backs and hitting shots from the edge of the box. I think that that's the way for Niigata to play. That they, they already beat Marinos earlier this season, and that they're in great form. Um, I was looking at the kind of for, for a few of these games. I looked at the the last ten games at the form table. Marinos are third and, and Niigata are fourth, only two points behind. And I think the thing that would worry me most from Marinos' perspective is that five draws Niigata have got. They've only lost once in the last ten games. So you're you're kind of worried, like you know, if, if Marinos do get a goal. Niigata might just go up and there's nothing to lose. Just just like have a go, have a shot from the edge of the box. It goes in. It's back to one-one. You have to score again. You've got to win this game. A draw is no no use really to you unless sell mess up. So I think the the amount of pressure that the sort of Marinos know it's it's not a hundred percent do or die, but they have to kind of go into the game like it like it is. Um, whereas Niigata, yeah, they're obviously, they haven't taken their foot off the pedal, like, like you know, our side's Gamban FC Tokyo and a few other teams, Sapporo, Tosu, um, Kyoto, they've, Kawasaki, have all been guilty of taking their foot off the pedal the last kind of five or six weeks. Niigata have, have kept on it, kept their squad fresh. So, yeah, they've got players, we mentioned, with, with, with Mito, Komi, um, uh, they can they can hurt Marinos. So, I, with that said, I, I do think Mariners will eke out a, a victory, maybe a 2 0 or two-one, because the forward line has been in such good form. But this is by by no means a a walkover. Well, I mean, what, what say you, Ben? Do you, am I overegging this as a banana skin, or do you think there is a, a real chance of, a, of an upset here?
0: Well, no. You, as you said, uh, yeah, they've uh, they've got previous. Nigata, they they won the home fixture between these two clubs, so. Um, yeah, they won't be heading to the Nissan Stadium with any uh, fear or trepidation, I'm sure. And um, yeah, as you said, they're finishing with a wet sail. They they don't really want this season to end because they've been able to pick up their momentum uh, again that they were able to enjoy uh, earlier on in the campaign. And uh, and they're, they're finishing uh, especially well. So, yeah, they'll they'll relish the occasion and the opportunity to play spoilers. I I guess ultimately the at the end of the day, I do concur and and think that the F Marino's front line just might be too much for the the to defense and even uh, Rioski Kojima my pick for their player of the season that might be too much for for him to handle as well, but uh yeah, they they'll definitely I'm sure give a good account of themselves at the Nissan Stadium and uh, and make F. Marinos earn it. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, well, you're right, Johnny. If, if F. Marinos do not uh, beat Niigata on Friday night, that means that Kobe know that they will be able to seal a first-ever J1 title uh, at home against Nagoya on Saturday afternoon. And uh, what an occasion that would be at the Norivu Stadium. Obviously, uh, Kobe fans would love to get it out of the way uh, this coming weekend, if at all possible. But I guess a, a consolation prize would be to win it at Gumba on the final day of the season, if it was uh, to to come to them at all. So uh, they are the two scenarios in front of Vissel uh, of if they're going to hoist the title. They would love a favour from Niigata on Friday night, but uh, they're, they're going to have to do the business uh, against Grampus at home on the Saturday. And, yes, still in fifth, as we have... Uh, been um, amazed at that fact for a number of weeks now, Johnny. But yes, the Grampus are still hanging around uh, in the top six, and well, in terms of team sleepwalking to the finish line, well, yeah, they're uh, they're the uh, the top half uh, candidates, I think, for that um, for that dubious honor at the moment. But yeah, Kobe again, will uh, will they really start to feel the pressure? As we've said numerous times, they've never been in this position before but big game players like Yuya Osako, Yoshinori Muto, uh, Hotaro Yamaguchi, do, I guess you would expect they've come this far and uh, surely they'd have to be buoyed by uh, you know events at, at Saitama Stadium uh, from uh, from a couple of weekends ago. So they're uh, they're going in there with a the wet sail themselves and with the the potential to to win the uh, the title on their home patch um yeah i'd expect them to do the business uh, against grampus uh, how about yourself
1: yeah i think the, the the first game between these two was a was a 2-2 draw I, I think you know we, we've spoken at length before but grampus like, goal scoring was if we scored score two goals in, in this game they will not draw they, they, they will win this game so and yeah it is quite difficult because we're, we're talking now without the marinas game having taken place i think I'm conscious that our analysis might be a bit different if we're doing this in, on Friday night. But I think, you know, if you're Wiesel Kobe and you look at the, the situation as it is now, you've got to beat uh, the, the team that over the last 10 games is, is 16th in the form table. You've got to beat them at home and they've got to beat the team at the bottom of the form table away. And that away game is not very far away and you have have lots of your fans there. It, the equation looks extremely winnable regardless of what Marinos do. But as we know, pressure does funny things to people and, and the J-League is known for a surprise or two. So, you know, if in the most likely scenario for me, if, if Marinos actually are ahead of Vissel when, when they kick off on, on Saturday, that adds an extra le- level of pressure. And Niigata, interesting to see what their tactics are because usually very defensive and solid and hard to break down, but that was anything but the case against Shonan. So, you know, if they go for it again from kickoff against Vissel and get an early goal, that would set the cat amongst the the pigeons so it really is is fascinating I, I would still say that this is maybe a slightly boring answer and it, uh, I'm more, more than willing to be proven wrong next week but I think Marinos' home win and a V cell home win both quite narrow say if both teams won two one or one 0 maybe in vcell's case I, I think that's the most likely scenario but you know like you say it's not that far from vcell stadium to, to gamba stadium but a first title would be absolutely amazing for, for v cell to win it you know, if they're going to win it to, to do it at home in front of their home fans, they will absolutely love to do that. But you know, that's that's out of their hands at the moment as we speak on Wednesday. But Grampus, I think, will give them a decent game. But ultimately, I think Visele would, would come out on top. What, what, what say you, Ben?
0: I think, yeah, that's that's the way I'm leaning as well. Uh, again, with the, uh, the the whole pressure equation, yeah, We uh, this, this club has just never been in this position before. But uh, they've handled things... Uh, up up until this point and i would expect them to to continue on with but as you say stranger things have happened in the j league and um yeah obviously on their day Grampus have uh, have some players that could hurt vissel and again an early goal for them would really ramp up the pressure so uh yeah two really interesting games in prospect on friday night at the nissan stadium and then uh, of course one of the seven uh, on Saturday at the uh, the Norivu stadium uh, where the the title might be decided we uh, we will wait and see uh, uh, down at the foot of the table of course uh, in the relegation dogfight all roads lead to Mitsuzawa on Saturday where a Yokohama FC bottom of the table host uh, 17th placed Shonan um Johnny I mentioned last week that I uh, I wonder whether Seanan's quality at either end of the, of the pitch with uh, Yuki Ohashi and uh, Son byum in uh, such good form. Uh, might tip the scales in uh, Belmare's favour in this game, but again, in um, a, a, a huge... Uh, a huge match where uh, it, literally anything could happen, as we saw in the uh, the reverse fixture with the the own goal of the Millennium was <laughs> uh, was scored. Um, you, uh, yeah, you, you can easily end up with egg on your face with a prediction like uh, uh, I'm predicting a Shannon sure away win, but um, yeah, uh, Yokohama FC, I'm sure, will not go down without a fight, and um, yeah, this promises to be a fascinating and a gripping encounter at Mitsuzawa.
1: Yeah I mentioned do or die earlier I think that basically Yokohama FC that they have to win here I think a a draw they're not they're not officially relegated if they lose I believe I've got this right if they lose and then uh, Kashiwa uh, win and basically with Kashiwa's um, goal difference advantage if Kashiwa draw then then they're, they're basically they're gone so that they have to they have to go for it but again it's do, do do you go for it right from the off and then Shonan just pick you off like they did to, to Nagoya and then it's, it's basically game over after after 30 minutes? Or do you try and kind of play the long game and, and take it to it's like 60, 70 minutes and then, then go for it? And then you get goalkeepers and opposition boxes and, and who knows what. But uh, I think this one is an absolutely fascinating one. And I... Yeah, like, like you, I'm I'm naturally inclined to think Shonan won't lose because they've been in such good form. And as you mentioned, yeah, Ohashi's been in great form and they've got a really good goalkeeper. And then you, you throw in the fact that both these teams won last time out and Yokohama FC this season have not won back-to-back games at, at all. They have mm. strung together back-to-back positive results. But yeah, a draw with, with them having to go to Kashima on the final day of the season and then win there, it, yeah, they, they're going to have to beat Shonan, I'm afraid. So... Um, and also a kind of thing I noticed because you know as we said previously with with only five points from Yokohama FC to Gamba and Kyoto that neither of those clubs are safe and also Kyoto play Yokohama F. Marinos in the final day of the season and Gamba play Viseo Kobe so what happens or what doesn't happen in this game has, has huge could potentially have huge repercussions a, across the league because you know s- simplest thing if Yokohama FC do- don't win then Kyoto and Gamba are absolutely safe and then I'm sure they'll, they'll put their strongest teams in the final day, but the mentality might be slightly different. You mm. get into the scenario then if, if Yokohama FC win and one of Gamba or Kyoto wins, so one of them is kind of free and one of them still has something to worry about. That and uh, yeah, you get you know, all all kinds of scenarios could, could play <laughs> out from that. So it is very very J League for the the bottom scenario and the top scenario to come out, become interlinked like a Marvel Cinematic Universe or something of, of J League, but. Yeah, I am not I'm not going to curse. Don't don't worry, other fans. I'm not going to curse your team. But I I think the bookmakers would make Shonan the the, the slight favourites to, to not lose. But with everything on the line, with the pressure, the the full house, it, it really is going to make for for fascinating viewing. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. And that that is, I mean, I, I can't really pick out one game to watch. But I think if you had to watch one game and you could only watch one game and not follow any others, I think it has to be this that, 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 that game. The
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be high drama, I think from, uh, from start to finish, but yes, the, the, the approach of the, uh, the host Yoko FC, as you say, Johnny will be uh, really interesting and uh, yeah, how they go about trying to get the, uh, the result, the three points that they, uh, they absolutely need. All right. Uh, well, yeah, if, if Yoko FC don't win, then as you say, that will mean that uh, Kyoto and Gamba are uh, both safe from relegation, guaranteed. But uh, it's still a very, very uh, slim chance for, for both of those clubs. But for Kyoto, it's absolutely minuscule due to their uh, much better goal difference than their rivals. Uh, they travel to Serezo, Osaka for a, a Kansai derby, while Gamba visit Hiroshima, Johnny. And, uh, yeah, it might be uh, an emotional occasion for the uh, the home supporters at the Edion Stadium on Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, f- final final home game at the Edion Stadium. Some some legends lined up to to join in uh, the pre match show and at, at half time. And also you've got the the long serving goalkeeper Takto Hayashi. He he's retiring as well. Um, Sanfrecce Hiroshima. There the, the last ten games. They are first in the form table. Gam, Gamba eighteenth in the, the form table. I, I think they had an open trading session the other day and. Slightly worryingly, like Masaki Higashiguchi wasn't there. I don't know what what's gone wrong there, but you know, in in, in J League parlance, that can only lead to a comfortable away win, can't it? With all that in in San Francisco <laughs> <favorite laughs> final final home game at, at Edion Stadium, but yeah, I, that, that the new stadium looks looks absolutely absolutely beautiful. And you know, speaking as a, as a Gamba supporter, I, I know what it's like to go from a, a kind of a, a beloved old old stadium to like a a bright new, sparkling new stadium. There is obviously that kind of tug in the heartstrings, the, the happy memories of of the yeah, titles won uh, in the old stadium and uh, famous players, famous managers. But I mean, ultimately, that that new stadium looks looks beautiful and it's closer to the centre of, of Hiroshima. Hopefully, if the stars align next season, I'll, I'll get to go and go and see Gamba playing Stamford at, at the new stadium. I, I was there last year, and I not last year. I was I was in Hiroshima last year and. It's quite close to the the Peace Park and the castle and that is It's very very good for for visiting fans, I think. So, yeah, uh, again, for Hiroshima, they'll be going for for third. And they've got a very good record this season. um, Whether they can actually usurp Urawa, it it might kind of play secondary to the the festivities off the field. And, you know, Gamba, it's still, yeah, it's it's a long shot. They would have to lose both their games and and Yokohama FC win both their games. And then Shonan would would have to win... Um, and then Castro would have to take some points as well so there's lots of ifs 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 but yeah in in a horrible run of form so if they could dig something out um, I think Dawan and Jabali are back but Higashiguchi if he's out Ishikawa might come back in I, I wouldn't have too much faith in Gamba doing anything there but yeah, San are a big club, and it's, it's really good to see them moving to, to a new stadium with a roof and a, like soccer specific. So, I think yeah, them and Nagasaki and Kanazawa, they're all they're all moving to new stadiums next year. So it's a it's a very exciting time for, for Japanese football. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I said it might be an emotional occasion. I think um, yeah, maybe the supporters who live within walking distance of the Eddie Edd- Edd- Stadium aside, yeah, most San Francisco supporters will probably be uh, crying. Tears of joy at the the end of a Saturday afternoon at the yeah the prospect of actually going to a more accessible stadium uh, to watch their favourite team play from uh, next season on. But uh, there is no question that they've had uh, the the most glorious years of their history as uh, San Freche, at uh, the Edion Stadium. So um, it has definitely been a happy hunting ground for them. But yes, they'll be looking to make. New memories from the start of 2024 at their new uh, shiny stadium. And uh, also in the dogfight, of course, uh, Akashua Reisol are still very much in the thick of that. And uh, they host Tosu on Saturday afternoon. Uh, So again, a potential banana skin for a Reisol club who have uh, become past masters at uh, blowing leads and dropping points from winning positions. And as Johnny has told us in recent podcasts, uh, Tosu are the uh, the past masters themselves of uh, taking points from uh, losing positions or when they're being outplayed in games. So, yeah, this has all the hallmarks of a smash and grab, I think, for Sagan at uh, Hitachidai on Saturday, Johnny. But, um, yeah, I'm sure Kashiwa will have their guard up. But as you said, they're missing a number of players suspension, so when their guard includes the likes of Yugo uh, Tatsuta, then that might uh, be some uh, some pretty big problems for <laughs> Reisol, I think.
1: Yeah, I think Yeah, just, just Koga, Diego and, and Takamine are all out, so I'd imagine Tatsuta will come in and it'll either be Mitsumaru or, or Katayama would come in at uh, full-back and then uh, maybe be Toshima in, in, in central midfield, or they might move Yamada in and put Toshima on the right, but de- definitely an un- unwanted uh, holes to plug for, for, for Kashiwa and, you know, you, you, as we mentioned, Kashiwa throw things away and, and Tosu take advantage and that, that was never more true than when I looked up the stats because I was just checking, I hadn't forgotten, but in round eight at, at the the real estate agent in front of the station stadium, um, Kashiwa drew 1-1 drew one, one with Sagantosu, Kashiwa scored first and then Sagantosu scored a, a wonderful equaliser through Yuichi Naganuma Kashua outshot tosa 23-10 to 10 at that game, uh, expected goals 2.35 to 0.83, so uh, there's probably not too many Kashua supporters li- like listening to this thinking, yeah, that that could happen again, which is the, the worrying thing. I, I think Kashua will, I'm confident in Kashua will dominate the game in terms of uh, possession, territory, all, all the kind of stats you want. Whether they actually dominate in the scoreboard, that that's the the million dollar question. But they they do have the that, that massive carrot in front of them. If they if they win, I mean, if they win and and Yokohama FC win, then they're still almost safe because they've got a much better goal difference than the So yeah, you just win and you're like ninety nine percent safe, I think. And most likely you're going to be hundred percent safe. I yeah, I'm not I'm not going to again I'm not going to curse Kashuwan and say they'll definitely win, but you know... I, I have faith. my Mar- Hosoi will bring his, his goal-scoring boots back from, from Saudi Arabia, and, and Savio get get it done, and they'll put up a good performance, at least, I think, even if the, the defence might let them down at, at times, at yeah, this is definitely one to, yeah, squeaky bum time down the Hidachi day. But, yeah, uh, no idea what's going to happen, but Kashiwa should win. That's all I feel confident in saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough then. Well, yeah, we, but how many games should they have won this year And <laughs> that they've blown their lines uh, so many times? So, uh, yeah, promises to be high drama at uh, both ends of the table uh, in uh, Match Day 33. So, I mean, we've outlined the major games at the, the top and the, the foot of the table, Johnny, and obviously it'll be difficult for the listeners to be across uh, all seven games on Saturday live, but is there anything else from any of the other fixtures that you picked out uh, that you wanted to mention before we uh, wrap up this episode?
1: I think the only thing, uh, I guess a lot of the listeners will, will, will have heard that, that obviously, um, Massey Skorja, the, the, the Reds coach, he's going to be leaving at the, at the end of the season. That, uh, i'm no reds insider i don't know exactly what's what's going on i've only heard rumors but i don't really want to want to comment on any rumors it, um it was quite interesting to see in his his um when he, he made the, the press release about him leaving his quotes he actually directly thanked like ricardo rodriguez about helping to, to build the side so uh, i'd seen rumors before about rodriguez going back to reds but uh, yeah i didn't put much much stock in that they, i know they did say they wanted a a foreign coach with with J1 experience. So I think Ralph was putting No ficadenti, please. So well, hopefully, uh, surely not, surely not at, at Urawa. But uh, very interesting times ahead at, at Urawa this this winter. But yeah, obviously they'll be, they'll be out for revenge for the Levan Cup defeat to, to Fukuoka. Whereas Fukuoka are, again on on the hunt for a, a best ever J1 finish. So um, yeah, I mean I, with with all that's on on the line, you could potentially have the title decided or, or the relegation battle decided on Saturdays. It's difficult for me to point neutrals in favour of, of Reds-Fukuoka, which, after all, did finish nil-nil in the reverse fixture. But, yeah, I'm sure Reds fans have a chance to say goodbye to, to Skosja and, and Fukuoka fans can enjoy their day out and really play with the pressure off. So, or kyoto I would back Kyoto to not lose that, given Serizo don't have much in the line. And Kyoto, going in, going into the game, at least, they, they, uh, they have something to, to play for and yeah fc tokyo support i'm sorry I, I don't have anything to add about that do, do you have anything to say about that ben
0: no i um yeah there's far more important games on the slate so i mean they're my favorite team and i'll i'll catch up with the game eventually but yeah if i'm able to watch a game live on saturday afternoon it won't it won't be that <laughs> one uh johnny let me tell you all right then so we've wrapped up the uh the the two world cup qualifiers for japan um high fives all round uh, six more Player of the Seasons uh, awards handed out. And uh, yes, we've looked ahead to uh, what promises to be a fascinating Match Day 33 this coming weekend. So, uh, Johnny, uh, great to uh, catch up with you again again on uh, Wednesday night. I guess uh, after a while it just felt like old times and uh, just felt like a Monday as usual. But uh, yes, um, getting this uh, this podcast out for the listeners before the weekend, before uh, match day 33. And um, yeah, can't wait to see what happens on the pitch and indeed to, to chat about it with you on uh, next week's episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. So t- tomorrow, Thursday 23rd is a, is a national holiday in Japan. So I'm going to be, be taking it easy because we've got Friday and Saturday is, is J1. And then actually on, on Sunday, I'm going to see a, a J3 game in, in in Nara who are going for promotion to J2. So I've got a lot of excitement coming my way over fr- Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the league season coming back and we have back-to-back weeks of action. We're not back for one week and in a way for internationals or something the next week. So yeah, mm. we're, we're really looking forward to um, This is the most excited they've been for, for a round of games for, for, for a while. So yeah, I'm sure we're going to have tons to talk about ne- next week and looking forward to getting back into it with you on, uh, next Monday.
0: All right, terrific stuff and uh, who knows you might be moonlighting uh, with Mike on the uh, J Talk short corner. <laughs> Soon enough, Johnny, you're getting to enough uh, J3 games uh, these days. But uh, all right, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. That's it for this week's episode of the J Talk podcast. Uh, Johnny and I would like to thank our patrons for their ongoing support on Patreon and thank you listeners for listening wherever you are. We'll be back next week to round up J1 match day 33. Speak to you then. Bye for now
1: the J-Talk Podcast.